Welcome to the Launch With Words podcast with your host, Bridget Willard. We're going to talk about all things content, blogging, articles, videos, whatever has words and goes on your website. But first, a word from our sponsor, Zencaster. I use Zencaster because it takes the headache out of producing podcasts. Who has time to edit in GarageBand all day long? I don't. We have a podcast to get to. (laughs) Zencaster is an all-in-one podcast production suite that gives you studio-quality audio and video without needing all the technical know-how or equipment. Hello. It records each guest locally, then uploads crystal clear audio or video tracks right into the dashboard. So you have high quality raw materials to work with that you can download individually. But then my favorite feature, they run the production and transcripts. Hello, SEO. With my promotional code, Zencaster will give you 30% off for three months of their professional plan, the one I use. Plus, the hobbyist accounts are always free. So what have you got to lose? You only have time to gain and an audience to entice with your professionally produced podcast on Zencaster. That's Zencaster, no E-R, because it's not a headache. So what do you have to lose? Not much, just extra audience members. What's the promo code? Launch with words zero. Launch with words zero. No spaces. So go to zen.ai forward slash launch with words zero. That's zen.ai forward slash launch with words zero. Why are you making podcasting hard? Zencaster is the studio producer you always wish you had, but you don't have to take him to lunch and laugh at his jokes. <laughs> thanks for listening and thanks for, for um, sponsoring Zencaster. Back to the show. Hey, hey, it's season two, episode five with Kitty Webb, one of my favorite people on the planet. SEO, writer, dancer. All the things. <laughs> All the things. <laughs> so we're talking to uh, small business owners, Kitty. And like to me, everything I know about you makes SEO so easy. Like it's not really that hard. Like what are some of your like top of mind tips to small business owners who are writing their own content? Uh, well, first of all, you're not writing for Google you're writing for people. Google is a tool that is trying to connect actual human beings with the information that they want to find. And it gets better and better at that as time goes on. So you see a lot of these trends in SEO and everybody's talking about things like keyword density and neural networks. And now they're like looking at different keyword categories and you look at Wikipedia and then you look at the subcategories in the Wikipedia category to make sure that you have your internal linking. None of that is necessary. Um, Because all of that has to do with Google trying to find ways to connect actual human beings with the answers that they want, and it gets better and better. And if that's what you're focused on, then you really don't have to worry about all those complexities of SEO. Um, Honestly, that really only comes into play when you're in the corporate SEO category and it's hyper competitive and you're competing against Walmart or Petco or something like that, you know, which I've done and that's a different ballgame, but if you are, you know, a roofing company, a contractor, a dentist, um, 
Google's not going to put you up against dentistry.com. I assume that's a thing. Uh, it should be. <laughs> it probably is. And if it's not, I'm sure the domain is like $100,000. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is we, we hear about these giant e-commerce stores and then we think we have to compete with that. We don't even have to compete with that. We just have to compete with ourselves and our other small businesses. And the truth is that SEO is such a small part of small business strategy at this point. Uh, my, my corporate job right now, um, I, I'm building their SEO strategy, just knowing that that's not how people find us. Nobody is Googling what we do because they're at a different phase. And maybe that's really the key where to start with SEO is understanding how people are finding you and what they want from you. Yeah. Um, because if they don't know that you exist, they're not looking for you yet. Yes. I mean, it, your industry, especially if your your industry is like not really known to them. I always talk to people and they go, what? I didn't know that was a choice. So of course mm -hmm. I wouldn't be looking for a laser vacuum, you know, but my friend saw it on TikTok and then she bought it and I saw it and you can't unsee the dust that your regular vacuum. Yeah, true story. <laughs> you can't unsee that. But I didn't know it existed, so I would never type in laser vacuum. Yeah. I mean, I've been in content marketing since before it was called content marketing. Yeah. And way back in the day when I was starting my career, people weren't looking for that because they didn't know they needed it, but they did know they had a problem. And the key to connecting with them was understanding what they were looking for. They weren't looking for a content marketer. They weren't looking for SEO. They had never heard of it. What they were looking for was my website sucks. How do I fix it? Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. And that's kind of the key is understanding why does somebody want to find me? Do they want to find me? So I want them to find me, right? And the things that I know are great about me and are my selling points are not necessarily the things that attract people in the first place. If you're doing inbound marketing, you're, you're putting out the fishing net. You're saying, this is the bait that the fish like. And then once they're in, once they're in my tank, in my net, then I can talk to them about these other things. Yeah. And show them this beautiful, wide world of uh, a lovely aquarium that they didn't even know existed, that they want to live in. Right. Yeah. And so when they're saying my website sucks, what do you think that they are uh, fixating on these small businesses? I think the trick there is that they don't know what the problem is. Yeah. Right now where uh, my boyfriend and I are, are taking on some projects together. He's a web developer and I do all the other stuff that's not code. Cool. And we are building websites for dancers. And um, one of the dancers is building a entire language like an actual physical language, almost like sign language in dance. Oh, and cool. he wants to eventually register it with WHO as an official language. Um, but he wants to build this curriculum and, and spread it out to the world. So he wants to reach people who want to learn how to dance and want it to be easier than the way that West Coast Swing is usually taught. It's a very complex dance. It's not like ballroom. It's not like put your feet here and then you're doing the dance. It's very much in the communication. So understanding how to teach that is something um, that he needs to express and it's brand new. Nobody is looking for this yet. Um, and then the other side of it is he wants people to teach it. Yeah. And teachers who are really frustrated and saying, you know, I'm losing a lot of students. I'm not getting people to stick around very long because this is very hard. It's an answer for them because this is the way that you can teach it and describe it in such a way that it does make sense on levels. And to build a website for him, uh, the first step was he was like, I, I, I have no idea where to start. I don't know how to get this in front of people. I don't have the budget to get this in front of people. And I think that I'm probably going to come up with some resistance because the people that really are my target 
have these ideas already. And I'm telling them the things that you know about what you're doing are wrong. Yeah. And there's a lot of resistance. So the answer for him was, what, what are they frustrated about? And what they're frustrated about is, I have new students and nobody sticks around. And then what the students are frustrated about is, I want to do this dance because it looks so cool, but it's too hard to get started. Like, I feel like I'm never going to get there. And both of those are the same core problem. So being able to talk to them on that level of, okay, what are the people looking for? What, what his problem is, is he's saying, I don't know what people want from me. And most of the people I talk to say they don't want me, but they really do. I can solve their problem. And the trick is, okay, well, your problem is that you don't know the language you need to convey this idea. You don't know what people are asking from you. You think they want this and they want that. So let's translate that. Let's get deeper into who's going to come to your website and figure out why. Why do they need this? You know they need it, but why? What is that deeper thing? What's that emotional connection? And let's start there. Let's not start with, we have a new curriculum. Let's start with, hey, your students are going to stick around longer if you learn how to do this. Right. And with that emotional connection, how how much does regular blogging play into that? For him, it's pretty vital. And he's going to be doing a lot of vlogging. Um, it's dance, right? Right. And he's communicating through movement. So he's got to put his you know money where his mouth is. He has to do videos and, and create a lot of stuff on his own that shows people how this is working and demonstrates it so that they believe it. Because I can read this thing on a web page saying, if you do this thing that I'm teaching you to do, your students will stick around longer. But if I don't have a place where I can dig in and say, okay, but how? Right. How does that work? I'm skeptical. I need enough information to come to this idea and be like, okay, this makes sense to me. Now I want to start digging into this system. And that's where blogging and blogging come in because they need somewhere where they can dig in and everybody has different questions. Yeah. I mean, and with so many people that are neurodivergent as well, vlogging is a very good um, kind of entry way into blogging. Just, you know, people that are really f- great talking, they just want to get the words out, they're salespeople, or, or they're moving like a dance. How do you translate something that's essentially movement into the words that we know Google wants and people? Um, how do you you know, bridge that accessibility issue. It's interesting that you bring up neurodivergence because the person that we're building this website for is neurodivergent. He has the condition where he can't actually visualize things. He has no visualization system. He can be very literal and he can describe things, but he cannot create pictures with his mind. And he's a world champion dancer. So obviously he has some spatial awareness, but this is an interesting neurodivergent thing that he's dealt with. Um, So understanding his needs has been really key to being able to say, okay, we're talking about movement. We're talking about dance. We're talking about art and expression and creativity and specifically communication through movement and through touch. And to describe that in words gets a little tricky. Um, His system, he's been working on it for a really long time. It's very clear. Um, But a lot of it is being very visual. And again, getting back to not really thinking about what the product is or what the system is or what he knows, but what do people want and what's the problem that they need to solve? Yeah. Um, and the deeper you go into it, like we're, we're doing learning content, a lot of it's video based, but describing it and being able to break it down into the, the simplest forms um, is really key. It's almost like that Einstein idea of if you can't explain it to a three-year-old, you don't know it well enough yeah. yet. So to create the content, we've had to really get into it and know it forwards and backwards and do it 
Um, we're learning the system too. We're dancing every day. We're testing the concepts and then talking about it afterwards. So to have somebody else describe, you know, this is what I'm feeling and this is what it seems like to me. Does this make sense to you? Has been really helpful in creating that kind of challenging content. And I see this in other businesses too, especially in tech businesses. Uh, my my main gig is at a legal technology company. This is the one where people aren't searching for us because they don't know what they need. Right. There's not even a name for the type of software that it is. Um, and when they see it, they're like, oh, that solves this problem that I have, but they have to see it first. And the big challenge for them is when they land on the homepage of the website, do they know what this is? Right. And it's, it's hard because if you do so many different things, like this software helps you e-file, it helps you serve documents. If you need to like subpoena somebody in another state, it'll go through all the different steps to find somebody to serve the subpoena for you. And then it manages your billing and it does all of these little things, but there's not a nice, neat umbrella to put that under. Right. And there's not an easy way to describe that where it would make sense to somebody who's never heard of it or doesn't have the frame of reference to it. So the exercise there is, again, getting really deep and knowing it very well. And then paying attention to the questions that people ask you. If you describe it to somebody else sitting in a room, what questions are they asking you? And write those down. Yeah. Because those are the things you want to answer right away. Like those are the points of confusion and like, oh, oh, I get it because of blah, 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 blah. It's your words are the least important ones. Yes. Their words are the most important ones. And I've seen tech companies do this with their support tickets. Mm -hmm. They will publish it as a blog post. I mean, I know this one um, in the Netherlands, that's what they do. It's a, you know, it's a form. And then once it's submitted and the answer, then it's like, I don't know, whatever he did made it automated so that the actual question is the headline. Then the question is answered. And that's the text of the blog post. So you get to use uh, the, the way people are asking and use your jargon to define the actual steps that are missing. I've, I find that that's really helpful uh, when I write for clients is I just start typing in a question in Google and let Google mm-hmm. autofill it. You know, if I don't have access to their frequently asked questions or their pain points or points of confusion, but that is an excellent tip. I know for my launch with words pack and the book that it's based on, I recommend that small businesses uh, owners have a journal where they write these specific questions down so that when they do write or hire a writer, they will have that right there. These are the questions we need answered. And it's, it is difficult when you're far away uh, from the customer and you're not hearing those pain points. So that is million dollar advice right there yeah. is to well, take literally the questions that people have asked you and answer them in those words on your website. Because um, that's how people favorite? are going to ask them, right? Absolutely. That's the words that people are using. And you can do SEO research all day long, but if nobody is targeting a keyword, you don't know that people are typing it in necessarily. Plus SEO research is nuanced anyway. Right. One of my favorite things to do is to go look at Reddit threads or type, um, do a Google search and you type in URL forum and you find question forums because think about it. When somebody has a question online, first they Google it. And if they don't find the answer in Google, going to a forum and typing your question and waiting for a stranger to answer you on the internet is a last resort. And that is a hundred percent something they couldn't find the information for before. So now you are the person with that source of information. You're the credible source as opposed to the Yahoo answers, right? Which, Oh my gosh. And if you're the person that has the answer to that question and you know how they asked it, 
Um, talk about SEO. Wow. Yeah, that that's the long tail keyword. That is uh, something that's still on my whiteboard. I started doing last year is answering questions in Quora exactly the way I did it. And I use that as my video content. Then, of course, the transcript has those words. So but yeah. that is a great tip for small businesses. If you're just wanting to find uh, like people that are asking questions about dentistry or dance lessons or any of those things, they are going to be in there. And that would include even uh, local Facebook groups, um, mm -hmm. Nextdoor, which is usually a dumpster fire. But I like Absolutely. I like Reddit as a choice. That's it's a really ugly platform. I don't use it very often, but that is like kind of ground zero for a lot of these uh, discussions. Reddit is especially valuable if your audience is uh, Gen X heavy. Yeah, because that is the group of internet citizens who will tend to hang out on Reddit and discuss ideas. Um, for a clothing brand, Reddit turned out to be really important for us. Um, it was a bamboo premium t-shirt that only made sizes 3x and up wow so if you go to like a, a vacation resort you'll find those bamboo t-shirts yeah but uh they were only being manufactured up to size 2x period literally nobody was manufacturing them any higher wow so this guy said well i wear a 3x i like these i'm going to start a company that just caters to these extended sizes this is going to be our core sizing and then if we do regular sizing before, that's going to be our extended sizing. Right. Right. And we thought like, okay, so, you know, fashion, bloggers, uh, the body positive movement, all kinds of things. No, Reddit. Wow. It turned out to be Reddit. And all it was, was guys on Reddit who were being like, yo, I'm a really big dude. I go to the gym. I chafe. I hate workout shirts. What can I get? And somebody's like, hey, have you tried these bamboo shirts? And then somebody else was like, yo, I'm a big dude. I have to wear a t-shirt under my suit jacket. I don't want to wear a long sleeve shirt, but I don't want to wear something that shows my sweat, what I got. Yeah. And he's like, have you seen these bamboo t-shirts? Yeah. And we found all of these threads where it was being mentioned. And it was, turned out to be one of the best sources for new customers because it was people saying, yo, I'm frustrated about this. How do I fix this problem? Wow. We started adding that kind of content to the website. And it really helped with SEO because like, they're Googling it before they went to Reddit. They're Googling it before they go to Reddit. That's so smart. I know that one of my peers is in the canna industry and that is a great place for sort of those more taboo industries um, when it comes to Facebook and Instagram. It's a no, it's a no go. Mm -hmm. So that is a really good reminder that Reddit is still alive and popular and people use it. And that it's a last resort. So that's great fodder for topics. I love that. Are you talking about Shada, by the way? No, um, Amy Donahue. Um, Amy Donahue. Yeah, yeah. She's um, she's just doing great things in that industry. And yeah, Shada and her sisters are like mm -hmm. doing great too. Obviously, Toriabi. And but I'm just like, you know, that's that we forget that sometimes getting those topic ideas are very simple. As simple as the customers asking us a question. Yeah. And in highly regulated industries like cannabis, like firearms, a lot of the industries that I've worked in have been highly regulated mortgages. Um, you, you can't promote them the way that you can promote other things. Right. You can't run Facebook ads about cannabis. You can't run Facebook ads a lot of, about a lot of supplements. Right. Um, and if you're going to be heavily restricted in your advertising, your content is that much more important and understanding how people are going to find you so much more important. 
And then understanding where the sales process is, because right. the other big gap I see in content all the time is like, you can get people to your site, but then are you giving them what they want to find when they get there? Yeah. Are you answering their questions? Do they know who you are? Can they get a feel for you? Do, do they find what they care about? Even if it's not, you know, here's my sales funnel and here's what people need to know before they make a purchase decision. That's great. But is that what people want to know right. before they make a purchase decision? Right. In, in the bamboo t-shirts, people really wanted to know who was behind that company. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to know if there were like real human beings that actually cared about the causes and cared about the people. Because they, the brand took a stance. The brand was like, yo, we are not extended sizes. We are calling this our normal. Yeah. And everything outside of this is extended sizes. You're not an afterthought here. And that resonated with people, but they also wanted to know that it was real. Like, okay, are you virtue signaling or oh, yeah. is this something you really care about? Because if I'm going to spend $40 on a t-shirt, I want to make sure that that money is going to something that I want to support. That's fair because uh, that's almost like a hospitality, isn't Very it? Much. Yeah. So if you just bring some hospitality to your online presence, you'll have the customers there, you'll serve their needs. And then maybe they'll buy from you and tell their friends. Yeah. Like it's software. It's really common to see like, Hey, here are the people that actually built this. Yeah. It's and it makes a difference. It seems like fluff content, but it really does make a difference. You'd be surprised how many times people go to about pages really before they ever make a purchase decision. That does surprise me. Actually. I always think they just don't matter, but I, that, I'm glad you told me that because I have a website to write. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Kitty, I could talk to you like all day long, but we have reached the end. How does there one last thing you want to tell people or do you want them to go to a certain website to find you or? Um, I don't want to be found right now. Yeah, so. that, that's why I was asking because you seem kind of like you're chilling, you're loving your life. You're just kind of. I'm about to move from Las Vegas to Kansas City. So I am trying to not be found until after I get settled in a new location. Nice. Um, but the, I think the parting thought is to always think about your customer first. And it's really hard to do when you're writing about yourself to not write about yourself from the perspective of the things you're proud of and you care about. Mm. Really stay in that mindset of what does this person care about? What? Why are they reading this website in the first place? And am I serving them well? My needs are secondary. If I meet their needs, they'll meet mine. Yeah. Wow. That's just, that's it. That's the mic drop. Thanks, Kitty. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Launch With Words, a podcast by BridgetWiller.com. If you like this podcast, why not go ahead and share it with your friends, small business owners, peers, your brother. <laughs> Oh, I really appreciate your attention. If you have any ideas, contact me on my website. Follow me at Bridget M. Willard on Twitter. And I hope to see you on the next episode or the next season. <laughs>